battle these, you better have endurance. Before you crash, man, get that general insurance. There's a dirty little secret. I've said that if Melinda Brown Duncan, baby! If it weren't my daughter, perhaps I'd be dating her. But he gotta eat the booty like groceries. You gonna die doing this, dumbass? Yeah, fucking fool. Open your mouth so I can give you this milk. Open your fucking mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. The truth of the matter is, you were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole and you need an asbestos diaper to be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants. You ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. Uh, nobody's ever accused me of pulling any weapon on them. What? I got some mighty dog food, some kind of Being in the industry with how much <laughs> you take on your face. No, this is wrong. Oh my god, look at what you did to them. And you know, this is terrible. This is terrible. I'm 46 years old. You know, bring your kids and your underwear. I had to take off my shoes. Working the feet. That's part of that. That's the. Senator, I'm a house. So kiss my black. Shut the up. Shut your mouth. Shut the your mouth. There's a long fly ball. Deep center field. Jackson back. He leads. He beat from Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, NBC welcomes you to the Pro Football Hall of Fame game. And welcome to the Stansbury Show. You're being welcomed by a guy who's accomplished a lot, lost a lot less than Al Michaels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you hear some audio from the Hall of Fame game last night. We're online for you at WRQK.com. Matthew Fantone, how are you, buddy? Uh, pretty good, man. You know me. I love a Friday. There's no question oh, yeah. about that. And uh, I'm not, I needed this one. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I, uh, you know, as a champion of the city of Canton, I feel proud this morning. I feel like, you know, this city actually got it right and uh, kind of knocked it out of the park last So night. the game got played. Yes, it did. Huge leap from last year. Yes, it game did. game got played. That alone, dude. Yeah. Forget the stadium. Forget the, you know, the, the Johnson's Hall of Fame Village, dude. Just the fact that they got out there and did it was an accomplishment in itself. Yeah, it's pretty good there. Uh, stadium looked good on TV. Yeah. I'll say that. Stadium it looked did. good on TV. I did not go, but uh, um, and I didn't watch the whole game. I don't know if anybody wants to. I mean, I just kind of turned it on, watched like a little <laughs> opening ceremony kind of stuff, and I was like, all right, I'm probably, you know what I mean? If, probably good from here. If you watched the whole thing last night, you are a true football fan. Oh, yeah. On another level there. Because by the third quarter, it looks like peewee football. By the first quarter, dude, by like the third play, honestly, I watched like, I mean, it wasn't even the whole first quarter, but like I watched the first, you know, offense from each team, and it, dude, I mean, you tell it was preseason football. So if you sat there and watched. Oh, you made it, it further than I did. When, uh, when Al Michaels at the end was kind of like calling it and like, and that's the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, that poor guy who's broadcast Super Bowls everything. and everything else. I mean, dude, he, I mean, he was at the, the 1980 Olympic hockey team. Wasn't that that was him, right? And like, I mean, he. So that guy's been a part of huge moments in sports. You're right. But uh-huh. like, he's got to be sitting there, like before halftime, like just put a bullet in my head already. I know, no starters, no like matter to the game, nothing. Half of, these guys aren't going to make the team, right? Nothing of substance. And even when they were doing the opening lineup. I mean, it's not like I would really know who was on the Arizona Cardinals offensive line anyway. No, because he didn't play anyone. But still, but still, like, those dudes, I'm like, who are these guys? Yeah. You know, third round pick from, from Toledo University. It's like, jeez, man. Jeez. I, uh, it was cool, though, yesterday afternoon, like, I, I would turn the TV on and you would just hear, the, you would just hear Canton everywhere. Like, every show was talking about it. Because, you know, that's mostly what I watch is, like, sports entertainment stuff. 
and everybody, you know, it was all eyes on us yesterday. That's what happens every year. It's awesome. Um, I uh, I know that you know there's still you going- would think they'd send us. You'd think. You would, th- you know what I mean? Like I, I, I and, and again, I don't want to get carried away here because I really don't want to get fired on a Friday. But no. I said to Fantone, I said, "How do I go on the air and not trash my radio station right now?" What do you mean you didn't send us to that? It's it, the it's the only thing that happens in the town every year. Every year, and honestly, this one different than any other one before. This one really is kind of like the jumping off point. This one really is the catalyst, hopefully, right. of what is supposed to be the future of Canton. So yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I agree with you in your frustrations. There. I'm not that's just it. That's the right word. I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I don't feel like backing anybody into in a corner. It's more like, honestly, it's hands up now. Like, what do I have to do? What more do I have to do? Before people realize, you know what, maybe, dude, we should probably help this kid push this thing uphill. Like, we should probably help him. Like, at some point, right? Like, I, it just seems a little strange. I uh, I would agree with you there. I would agree with you. But it's first Friday. Indeed it is. And, I, dude, I'm just going to, I'm going to choose to stay positive. Okay. And keep pushing the ball uphill. Dude, you and I will do it. Okay. Right? Because that's, right. that's what we've done since. I was going to say, yeah, we've, we've grown accustomed to this That's one. what we've done since June 4th, 2014, and that's what we will continue to do. That's Stansberry. Remembering, Look at that. remembering our anniversary. Look at that. What now, a, I haven't what eaten a you. sweetie he Yeah, is. I have. I have. You get, well, you don't get roses. You get nothing <laughs> on the anniversary. <laughs> so, uh, I am looking forward to going out tonight okay i am i am very excited about first friday the hall of fame uh you know uh weekend first friday is always the best one of the year right and i would assume that this one really will be a jump off because i mean obviously you have a lot of people in town so it's going to be busy um i would assume there's people in town that don't necessarily understand what first friday is and they're like what the hell are you two talking about um it's our it's our 12 extra drinking holidays a year yes, dude. Everyone, awesome. everyone comes downtown you look at some art or at least you pretend like you look at art. right you're like oh yeah arts boy where those are important and nice you, frame no chug, chug, yeah, chug, you, chug. You, you get sauce downtown or you're legally allowed to drink in our streets, by the way. Yeah. Just, uh, just letting you know if you're listening right now, Jerry Jones. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah I'm sure Jerry Jones will be standing outside Georgia's. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you right now, there is a downtown establishment he comes to every single year. Arcadia goes there every oh, single... Oh, yeah, I could see that. That's his, like, that's his spot in Canton. Like I was talking to the owner of that place. and uh, Did she smack you across the face? She's a fan of that. And she uh, she was talking about, like, oh, yeah, like his, his entourage will be with him and his like his whole crew. Like Every year, it's a guarantee that that's his spot. She's one of those like old-world grandmas yeah. who, who like, smacks you in the face as she's talking like, to you. you're her grandkid. And somebody. she doesn't understand. It's like, lady, you're hurting me. Like, what are you... Why are you hitting me right now? Like, she is one of those. But uh, the food at Arcadia is pretty good. I, I'm not surprised Jerry Jones hangs out there. That's his, uh, and you got to think, I mean, these guys, a lot of them have been coming to this, you know, year after year after year after year, so they know what they kind of know where to go. They know what they're getting themselves into. They know kind of what, and I think you could kind of see that last night, at least, and I, I think Al Michaels' tone, at least at the beginning of the broadcast, you could tell he was impressed that it's now yeah. a, a an actual NFL stadium. I think he even said that, ah, dude, it used to just be a, like, a, a high school stadium where they played an NFL game. Now it's actually an NFL stadium without a team but I mean but it's an actual that style but it it's good for the television product of and course. you kind of need it and honestly it's it's how you start hosting more things there of course it's how the it's how the NFL puts a honestly with the NFL moving games to London right you tell me we can't have a regular season game there right. at some point now right. that now that somebody just spent six now that Johnson control spent 600 million dollars into that thing 
I, I think he might see a regular season game at some point. Yeah, I, I heard this morning. I can't remember. Which how great would that be for this city? Yeah, I can't remember how much over budget it went, but it went over budget on the NFL's half. It didn't go over budget on our half. Canton paid what it was going to pay, and that was it. And when it comes to it's a these, construction project, right. not, not not a single construction project in history has come in at budget. When it comes to the village being done by 2020, I kind of heard the same thing. Was that you know if this does go over budget, Canton doesn't have to worry about that. Like that's going to be Johnson Controls footing that end of the bill. So I know a lot of people, you know, just have that level of concern and that level of like, well, is this all going to be worth it in the end for us? For us as a city? Of course I think so, it yeah. is, dude. Yeah. Of course What's it is. What's to lose? Exactly. Why would you not take a swing right now? If, if, what, I would. What else is bringing people to Canton, Ohio? I'd say us, but no. No, no, we, <laughs> no. Dude, we got the ones that are here. Yeah, I don't no. know if anybody's like, you know, Stansberry Fantone. I'm moving there. No, I got iHeartRadio. <laughs> That's good. I trust you. I, I'll stay over here. Yeah, it's exa- Yeah, you're exactly right. That is what's bringing people here. So yeah, man. I mean, it was a, uh, it was, it was a hell of an evening last night for Canton, Ohio. I felt like I, uh, I'm still scrambling, and I can't believe this, but I'm still kind of scrambling to try to find. Toby Keith and Kid Rock. I was told yesterday, and I don't know if this is true or not, because you know people just like to talk, people like to say numbers, right. and you know whether or not he was right. But I heard it's only sixty percent sold for Sunday. Shocker! And if that's the case, why the hell can my boss not get me into the Toby Keith Kid Rock concert? Why? What, what do you mean you can't get me into that? Maybe it's because earlier this week we talked about him having like some sort of weird Japanese chick fetish. That's not why. That's that's not not why. why. It's because we might enjoy something and he feels as if he'd have to push us off the top of the building then. (laughs) Are they having fun? Do they enjoy something? Somebody whacked those two. That's exactly the way his mind works. Yeah, I'm a little bitter. I gotta keep it together. It's a Friday. It's first Friday. Come yeah. on, some something I, magical gonna happen. The, the something magical's gonna happen. Bridgestone's happening right now. Give me a Bridgestone update one time, dude. I need my boy feeling better. You know, I don't even have it. Nothing. I, no, I don't even have doesn't it. Doesn't even have I, anything. I, to be honest with you, I did watch a little bit of Jordan Speed. He's not in the lead. Okay, but he did. He hit an amazing shot. Yeah, he was like a fairway and a half over or something like that over trees. And he looks at his cat. He's like, "I'm gonna try something stupid here." And I was like, "You know what?" I can relate. I can relate, Jordan. As a matter of fact, actually, while that was going on all day yesterday, I actually played golf instead of watched it. I actually went to Skyland Pines with my buddy Dustin yesterday. We played a little bit. Play all right? I played better than he did. Played better than he did. That's all that matters, my friend. I, yeah, I played better than he did. I uh, I did play okay. Not great, but I, but I played okay. So I can live with it. Probably not going to play today because I think I want to nap before I go out for first Friday. I did not sleep well last night, so maybe that's a little bit of what's irritating me too. I also haven't it's had hungry. breakfast. It's, it's like yeah, no, it's it's, it's well like rested. a perfect storm of disaster. I got I got Didn't I got a perfect wanted. storm of disaster. Is that what you want on Friday? You want me to bring you down? Because that's what I'm gonna do. Just kidding. Although I do have bad news. I have bad bad news. This Kyrie Irving LeBron James situation is getting out of hand. I made my opinion clear on what I thought it was and after what I heard yesterday, I th- I'm doubling down. I think I'm more right about this than I've ever been right about anything before. And I'll give you that next on Rock 106. On Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. I have your I have your Bridgestone Invitational update. Nice. I do. Uh, Thomas Peters is your clubhouse leader at 500. Is that a, is that, is that a golfer or a gay male porn star right A little bit there. of both there. A little bit of both there. Jordan Spieth currently tied for third at three under. He tees off at nine ten this morning. So there's your Bridgestone Invitational update. My Saturday, buddy's, you're going right. My well, that's okay. why my buddy's supposed to be dropping off tickets today. I, yeah, I, I think we're supposed to be going tomorrow. I um, 
Yeah, I'm very excited about that. And I think I actually am going on Sunday as well. I, uh, all things considered yesterday, how busy it was in Northeast Ohio between the Bridgestone and the uh, and the Pro Football Hall of Fame festivities, dude, I they could not get an Uber ride to help my save my life, man. I was, I was sitting there, driver on, waiting for somebody. Oh, to you're talking me. about driving yeah, Uber? Yeah, okay. I couldn't get I couldn't I couldn't get someone to request me to save my life, dude. I had my thing on for like two hours yesterday. Really? Your boy's just sitting there waiting, like Jerry Jones, hit me up. I'll drive you in the Buick right now. If you hit four hours, call a doctor. That's that, that's, 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 that's the important part. Seriously, nobody yeah. wanted to ride yesterday. I, I couldn't believe it. Even in like the, well, you gotta imagine a lot of the top. Like Jerry Jones has a driver. Yeah, Let's be but with but you. but a lot of people are at a hotel. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot more. You know, idiots. The Cowboys fans, right? Are you know? And I couldn't even get like, again because that's Dallas. And then you got like if Arizona Cardinals fans came in, that's a big city too. Like those people are uber savvy. Usually, there's just people in Canton who need a ride. Aside from the Hall right. of Fame, yesterday, dude, your boy couldn't make an extra buck to save his life. Jeez. Sat around watching wrestling. Well, dude, how are you going to be able to afford Toby Keith tickets if nobody will hire you to Uber? I don't know, dude. Can't charge. Do you guys need a host? Can I come do something? (laughs) Something. So I've been on this for a little while now, and given the fact that it's Hall of Fame week and football's kind of like back in like the news right now, this is kind of being swept underneath the rug right now. Okay. But this this situation with Kyrie Irving and LeBron James is getting out of hand. I get. I, this is Terry Pluto now saying it's beyond fixing. There is no fixing it. Oh, I think it's been beyond fixing since the Friday we heard about it. And I, for the life of me, can't figure out what Kyrie Irving's doing. And that's why I think my estimation of what's happening here is right. Okay, Because the way he's handling this is so bizarre. If you haven't heard, Kyrie Irving has basically come out and said this. That wherever you trade him, He's not willing to sign a long-term deal, an extension with them. Meaning after this next year, he won't stay wherever you're sending him. Basically telling teams, I'm not staying. He won't guarantee he will. Right. right? I mean, he says here, I'm not going to sign an extension. That's the quote I have. Okay. Which basically tells the teams that are thinking about trading for him. He's a rental. It's one and done. You get him for the season, and then he's going to be out. Well, it's a three-year contract, so he's got two guaranteed years, and then his third year. And then the third option. year, okay. So, you, so you get about two years out of Kyrie Irving. Now, if you're close to a championship, you may even still think about doing it because he's good enough; he could probably get you there, right? But for another team looking to like build, nobody's going to want him because you're only going to have him short term, and your fan base is going to kill you for giving up a, like a like a king's ransom for him, and then not getting anything out of it. Like, your fan base is going to kill you. This is a dumb move by Kyrie Irving. It's so bizarre that you have to start wondering, what happened here? And I had heard an internet rumor, and I've heard this at no, like, sports, like, solidified site. It was just people online. And the rumors about LeBron James since he's come into the NBA is that infidelity is his issue. That's the thing we don't hear about with him. And it wouldn't surprise me. LeBron James being the first guy to have a billion dollars and not, like, get a little loose with the D, that would surprise me. But him sleeping around wouldn't surprise me at all. Honestly, if we find out after his playing career during the 30 for 30 that Savannah actually let him off the leash every now and again to go do it, wouldn't be shocked to hear that either. Plenty of athletes have that deal with their wives. Right? So I think that this is all about a woman. Because this is the only thing that makes two dudes act this crazy. Money and women. And they both got plenty of money. Kyrie's, dude, Kyrie's getting paid. He's already gotten paid. He's got his money. He's got a killer deal with Nike. And he's on a team that fights for championships. So he's got everything athletes normally want. He's got the money. He's got the shoe deal. And he's got a ring. 
and a chance to fight for more. So what would make him want out? LeBron James would make him want out. LeBron James doing something to him would make him one out. And this is the part of this story that kills me. And for those of you that think I'm a LeBron apologist and I just, I'm a LeBron homer and I just love him, I'm going to tell you, I'm blaming LeBron James for this. When, when Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City, the media crucified Russell Westbrook, crucified him. Oh, he's selfish. He's ball-centric. Nobody wants to play with him. That's why Kevin Durant left. And yet Kyrie Irving's going to do this, and no one's going to blame LeBron James for being, honestly, a little high-maintenance and and for having all the problems. Why does LeBron never take the heat for things other athletes take the heat for? I I think LeBron takes plenty of heat, and I think he's not for the things other athletes. I think he's taking. I think he's taking heat on this. And what is what is him? What does LeBron have to do with Kyrie not signing with another extension? Because this this is all about because he wants to make it as hard on LeBron James as humanly possible. He wants, and so I at the end of the day, that speaks to a personal issue and not on the court. And I I I think it speaks to bad decision making on Kyrie. I I think that's. that's I won't absolve him. I won't absolve him of it. But I'm telling you. LeBron James drove him to this. And when I turn on the TV, all I ever hear about is how crazy Kyrie Irving is. And not like, well, what was LeBron's role in this? Because when when Kevin Durant le- left Westbrook, that's what it was. Well, what's Westbrook's end in this? Why, why, why are we slamming Kevin Durant? It must have been Westbrook. Westbrook was selfish. He didn't want to play with him. This and all, all this stuff. And yet, this stuff happens with LeBron and people just forgive it. It's not like this would have been like, well, I mean... Uh, Two different situations here in the sense of it's not like this was LeBron not giving opportunity to Kyrie Irving. We, we, we've, we, we, right, right. He's, he has that there. And it's not like this is like Kyrie's wife, right? I mean, this, if, if this were to be real. He's a 25 year old emotional guy. And so, like, wife or not, if it's somebody you care about, it's somebody you care about. So, at the end of the day, all this to me points to Kyrie making terrible decisions and whether it's about about his career or whether it's about a, a hypothetical woman or whatever that case is it's like you're so you're going to short term your long term success in your career like let's say okay your plan is to get out of Cleveland okay that's your long term plan and if I don't agree with it fine but that's your plan if you're if you are willing to sacrifice what happens from the day you leave on by saying oh I'm not going to sign with an extension I'll put myself in a worse situation just because LeBron banged some chick that I was banging if that's really what you're doing like good dude adios you make terrible decisions in life it's a bad decision i won't absolve him of it but yet this whole thing it's like dude lebron get on the phone it's not it's not the first time that players have cheated with on, on you know one of your teammates banged one of your side pieces right it happens it, it happens in the locker room what i'm saying is is that we would blame the other athlete and yet i know lebron takes heat for like losing in the finals and this and that but dude he has been a diva and he likes dude every team lebron's ever played on has been drama filled every single one of them and he never takes heat for it ever he takes heat for the, like some of the things on the court. But this whole thing is a personal thing between these two. And Kyrie's going to leave, and everybody's going to look at Kyrie like flat earth or truth or idiot. And it's like, well, where's LeBron's end in this, though? Where's your, where's your end in this? And he's, dude, it's, it's going to slide right off of him. And meanwhile, Westbrook, Westbrook's getting killed for Durant leaving there. And we don't even know. Like, and I don't know that I'm right about this. I just assume that I am. Because power and women and money, like Jesse just tweeted in, is exactly, that's the only two things that drive guys apart. And they both have the money. And 
Kyrie, you got to know you're not going to have the power when LeBron's there. And I don't buy that. I think this is, I hate this guy and I don't want to be anywhere near him because I can't trust LeBron James because he can't keep his hands off of what isn't his. I, I'm telling you, I think this is what this is. And if I end up finding, I, I won't be out on LeBron James because at the end of the day, he's still the best basketball player on the planet and you have to respect that. But I'm telling you, I'm going to be the one guy in the media that's going to crucify him if this is if this ends up being what this is. And I'm telling you, he's going to take the heat that Westbrook took, at least for me, Will, because, dude, how disrespectful is that? And, dude, you're the one that's ruining our championship chances, not Kyrie Irving, because you couldn't keep your hands to yourself. I'm telling you, dude, this is about – I said it from day one. This is about a woman. More Stansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss you for thanks. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here. And if you're a licensed medical insurance agent, TrueBridge, a Trasact company, wants to hire you. TrueBridge in North Canton is looking for caring people that want to help. 6.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. Nice job on the bed. New bed Friday. Nice job. I like that one. I actually saw the Ghetto Boys in concert. That was awesome. Had to be uh had to be one hell of a show right there, the Ghetto Boys. Yeah, it, it was so it was at Richfield Coliseum. Oh damn, son! Yeah. Damn, this isn't like you saw the Ghetto Boys down at Nautica last year or something. No, I saw the Ghetto Boys when they were the Ghetto Boys. Damn, son! It was I forget the wow. name of the tour, but it was everybody. It was Naughty by Nature, Public Enemy, Kid Whoa. in Play, Salt and Pepper, Ghetto Boys. I forget. My parents were terrified to let us go. Of course they were. I'd be terrified of you going right now. All suburbanite and from Twinsburg, oh, about to go dude. to like the biggest rap show on the planet. As that like as that genre was like breaking through, dangerous back then. The whole thing. I mean, you hear rap music everywhere nowadays on mix stations. Um, there's like a, the Sam Adams commercial has like an ODB sample in it. And I'm like, God damn, dude. If you're really going to be like a car commercial saying cash rules everything around me, cream. And it's just like it's out of control now. But back then, dude, that was dangerous. I'm sure your parents were worried. Yeah, they were terrified. That was one of those. I'm going to sleep over at Billy's and oh, Billy's yeah. going to sleep over dad's. And like that, was like, like that was one of those. You guys are just drinking 40s, hanging out with black people. It's crazy. Honestly, we pulled into the parking lot Richfield Coliseum and like like two of my buddies in the car were like yeah we don't think we want to go anymore <laughs> like come on quit being a puss we're gonna go it's gonna be fine and actually from the stage they announced what hotel they were gonna be at like dumbasses a hotel party going down and so sure enough yeah we did we went to the hotel nobody would let us upstairs right like what were you guys gonna do hey I'm 14 and I'm a white kid hanging out can I come hang out with you ghetto boys sagging my pants I'm cool right <laughs> and so like no I, I for the longest time I had a piece of paper signed by like half those bands like nice. it, it was uh, it was really good yeah the ghetto boys were awesome nice so sagging the pants is actually kind of what we have to talk about here because okay. out of Oklahoma City now a liquor store is in trouble over a sign they put up on the front door And uh, I'll remind you before we even get to the end of this, I always say, let businesses be who they are, and the marketplace will then decide whether or not they stay a business. But they put a sign up, this liquor store in Oklahoma City did, that says, pull up, pull your pants up, or don't come in. And, you know, some customers are like, yeah, I don't want to see your underwear. That's absolutely a good rule. And then we have another customer here who's saying things like, you know what? I could get it if it was church. I could get it if it was a library. But this is a liquor store, and let's not pretend sagging pants is the worst thing I'm going to see at a liquor store. Right? And I, 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 
she's kind of making sense there, right? Um, not not necessarily that you should be like, well, yeah, screw all the like the community standards, but she is making a little bit of sense. Yeah, but nonetheless, I mean, you're certainly allowed to enforce the dress code. You could say the same thing about a bar, but bars have dress codes all the time, right? And that's okay. So some people argue that 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 the, the, those dress codes are racist. Um, the no white tee, oh, the no sagging of the pants. I think you can. I think you can implement things that are racist with a dress code and and, and and know what you're doing there. But I think it's also possible to have a dress code and not have it anything based in race. I would agree with you. Yeah, I we're not going to argue that one. I, I do agree with that. Um, a woman that works at the liquor store said this, and I can't for the life of me figure this out. She said, well, when you sag your pants, it's easier for the customers to steal bottles. How would moving my pants down more help me steal liquor bottles? Create kind of that baggy look, and you could hide it a little bit easier as if you had your pants, especially like, I mean, I guess. It's a liquor bottle, though. Like, what are you going to strap it to your leg? I would think having your pants up and like your the waistline tight around your body would help you do that. A baggy shirt would help you do this more than pulling your pants halfway down off your ass. Yeah, bagginess would be right. the thing as opposed to as to sagginess there. I mean, especially if it was like skinny jeans or something, then you could totally. Now, I know a lot of corner boys. They do. They all wear like four X t shirts when they're like ninety pounds for some reason. Like this is part of the thing. But I don't know where this liquor store is. Well, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know what the kind of stuff they got going on in here. And I think with the four X t, there's a reason for that. You can. Hide Hide more in in more clothing. It's going to be a little bit easier for you to carry more, hold more, and push more when you have more on you. So, like, I I, I understand what they're doing there, um, but uh, you just can't. You, you, it depends on you, right? Where they are, where this, where this, where right. this place is, kind of what the clientele is. But if you want to have a, if you want to have a dress code for your business. I can't argue with it unless you can show me like no that this is this is specifically targeted towards a to keep a certain you know race of people out and I don't feel like this necessarily is there's plenty of white dudes that sag their pants on a regular basis oh yeah myself being one of them yeah but I think honestly I think if you're a business owner you hate those people too well right and that's my point you know what I mean and, and, is that and that's kind of the, I don't think it's a race thing I think it's a I I do think it's a a undesirable thing a lifestyle maybe yeah I, I think it's a you're worried about what what th- that clothing style where that comes from and the thing with it is is it's not like baggy pants can't automatically be fixed pull your pants up and go in it's not like they're right. saying it's like well you have to go put on different clothes no you don't no just, just pull, pull them up, up for a minute and, and and you go buy what you need to do and then sag in the street now i'm 100 against a city putting in an, a law or an ordinance that says you can't sag your pants i'm against that but as far as a business goes and letting you come into my place of business i'm okay with dress codes now i'm sure i'm not the first person to tell you people this but I am kind of surprised that the sagging pants thing caught on, given where it started from. And if you don't know where it started from, is that it's a jail thing. And if you sagged your pants, it meant you were open for sex in jail. I think it translated. You know what I'm saying? Just because something starts somewhere doesn't necessarily, people don't know that that's where it started. I know. I'm just saying, dude, that's how it started, though. Guys were getting out of jail, and then they were starting to do it in the street. And I'm surprised that something that meant that, that dudes would have taken it. I'm just shocked by that. I'm shocked that something would have get that started, especially in the hip hop community. That came that anything because, dude, let me tell you, <laughs> honestly, dude, listen to rap music. That is some of the most homophobic music you will find 
anywhere, anytime. That dude, homophobia runs wild through the hip hop community, and I'm surprised anything that that butted up against any of that would have been taken and made part of like the social statement out of it. It is a little surprising, but I will admit that honestly, sometimes with the right outfit, does kind of look cool. Can't lie. One of the Duke boys got themselves in a little bit of trouble. We'll break that down next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're also online at WRQK.com and everywhere via iHeartRadio. Make sure you download that. Listen at the office. Blow your boss off. It's Friday. You're allowed. You're totally allowed. Tell him I said it was okay. We'll probably be in the unemployment line together. Your, your boss could be a big Sandsbury Show listener. He might be like, you know what? Sandsbury said it was okay if you blew You're off. You're right. Get out of here. That could happen. It could. That could absolutely happen. I heard this story yesterday, and at first I didn't believe it, but it turns out it is true. That one of the Duke boys got themselves in trouble. Tom Wapat played Luke Duke in the iconic 80s show Dukes of Hazard, which I, of course, that being the decade I grew up in, was like my favorite show ever. Um, it was great for its time, dude. There's no question about it. The Dukes of Hazard was a fantastic show. It was. And I remember wanting that car so bad. I wanted a General Lee so bad. Now you couldn't drive it anywhere. Now you no. <laughs> got to get the Confederate flag off no. of it there. But like, I uh, I wanted one of those cars so bad. And I remember like my brother telling me like the facts of how many of them got crashed and stuff like that. I was like, what do you mean? That's the same car. Same one, dude. Same one. Um, where do you put the General Lee on your list of fictitious vehicles? If you could have any like fake ride, any ride from a TV show or whatever, movies, whatever. Movies are included. Movies included. Whatever you know. Any 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 like like you know car type vehicle. All right, I'm taking the Batmobile number one. Okay, makes sense. I mean, it's the Batmobile. Taking the Batmobile number one. I'll take Magnum PI's Ferrari. Okay. Or it's, uh, Miami Vice to pick one right. there. But I'll take I'll, since a Ferrari was you know driven by a main character on a TV show. I'll take one of them. And then the Lee. Really. I'm uh I'm 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 gonna go with a it seems like an obvious choice here, but I'm going with uh Knight Rider. I'm going with Kit there. Oh my god, a I car can... I can hang out with. I need friends. I, <laughs> I completely forgot about Kit. Can you imagine Ubering and Kit, dude? Me and Kit driving around together, picking up picking up fine people of Canton, Ohio. I forgot about Kit. That's a nice pick. Yeah. That's a good I'm, pick. I'm going Kit. But Tom Wapat played Luke Duke. Apparently was arrested the other day in Massachusetts. He was there. He was in a play, a musical, uh, 42nd Street. According to TMZ, the 65-year-old was first wanted by the Waltham PD after a woman participating in the musical accused him of putting his hands down her pants. A Boston reporter tweeted out that Waltham Police News uh, release about Wapat's arrest here. I have that. It says... August 2nd, 2017, at 10.53 p.m., they arrested Thomas Wapat, age 65, from New York on a warrant relating to an incident that occurred in Waltham. The warrant charges indecent assault and battery on a person over 14. During an inventory search of Mr. Wapat and his vehicle, two bags of white powder believed to be cocaine were discovered. As a result, he has been charged with position of a Class B substance, cocaine, and he will be arraigned. I'm sorry, he was arraigned yesterday. The Waltham Police Department does not release booking photos, and there will be no on-camera interviews at this time. That being from the police department themselves, I would imagine. It's kind of a shame there. I'd love to see an all-coked-out Luke Duke looking old and probably a little deflated. I'd, I'd like to see the picture. Yeah, I, I would like seeing that, too, actually. Um, you know, 
we're no different than the rest of America. We want to feast off of the bones of something like that. For sure we do. I heard yesterday, and I don't, this isn't in this article I'm reading, but I heard he actually stuck his finger like in the crack of her butt. Jeez. Like he like got all the way there. Went for the slide of the, the ATM or the, the credit card machine and just wiped it. Now again, we covered this on the program yesterday. The that region is just not where I want to be. Well, and especially if you don't know what happened there, it's not like she's like freshly out of the shower and you're like, oh, I'll just give it a swipe there. Yeah, maybe she didn't baby wipe down. You have no idea. Maybe she didn't wipe down. Period. Maybe she didn't do that. Maybe she has. It's disgusting down there. I mean, I just look. I have seen attractive women, obviously, out in public, and worked closely with some attractive women, but I've never worked with a woman. That was so hot that I'm like, you know what? Just stick your finger in her butt right now. Like, you have to. (laughs) What is is the matter with people? Like, I don't get how you get there. Although cocaine, though, cocaine will make you do stupid things. Um, Cocaine and uh, lost fame would, 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 I feel like, kind of play into that, too. Um, What are you, showing me a mirror? Well, I have... um, I have... I've heard that he was out there doing musicals before. I can't remember where, but I think years ago I knew that. And it's got to be a tough pill to swallow when you went from an 80s icon, not just like, oh, yeah, hey, he was on a TV show and you can kind of remember who he is. I mean, he was a an, an icon of an era that, you know, true fame existed. Yeah, I, I always say that if you were going to be famous, the 1980s is when you wanted to be famous. No cell phones yet, cell phone cameras and all that kind of stuff. You could still kind of do whatever the hell you wanted and pay your way to get out of it. And Boys Will Be Boys was still right. very much bought into, especially Duke Boys Will Be Duke Boys, dude. You Come on now. If this happened in 1989, nobody would ever even said anything. We wouldn't have heard of it. No. Right. It would have been swept underneath the rug there. So it, Twitter speaking up on your on, on the uh, on the car from TV and movies thing. Okay. And I'm being asked, what, you got no love for the A-Team van? Ah, the A-Team van would be pretty sweet. Yeah, but you just look like a child molester in one of those. Yeah, that is true. Star Wars land speeder? I think that counts. I can't give you an X-Wing, but I can give you a land speeder, right? Well, if I get the land speeder, I get the Falcon, right? No, 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 no. That's not a car-like vehicle. The land okay. speeder is the car-like vehicle. You can't have a spaceship. All right. Can I have the can I have the Endor bike? That was like a motorcycle. Yeah. If I can have that, yeah, I would take that bike. over the land speeder. Okay. All right. I'm trying to think of what is some other. Oh, what dude? What's the? I don't even know. Was it a Grand Torino from um, Starsky and Hutch? That might be a little. That might be going far back for some of you. But that car was pretty sweet from Starsky and Hutch. That car was cool. I remember like growing up, I was like, yeah, I want a red car with a white stripe down the middle. I don't know why, but I want it. Uh, the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Oh, damn. Good one. My buddy in high school, his parents had one of those. Had a DeLorean? Yeah, we used to drive sure, that thing around Twinsburg sure, all the time. Sure, they had a cocaine problem as well, too, right? Hey, man. Uh, 1980s, DeLorean. They, they may have. I'm sticking with mine, though. I, uh, yeah. Sticking with it? Yeah, I'm sticking with it. I think I am, too. I like Kit. I want the Batmobile. I think the Batmobile is cool. The Batmobile can talk to you, or Alfred talks through it, and it can drive itself, and depending on which movie you watch, it can turn into a, like a plane. Yeah, somebody just tweeted in, what about Optimus Prime? That'd be a pretty badass vehicle as well, dude, you're driving down That's a drivable thing? I well, thought he just kind of took over and did it. Ah, no, you can get behind that wheel of that semi-truck driving down, then he turns into a robot. That'd be sweet, right? Brett wants the RV from Breaking Bad. <laughs> That's very funny. That's a fast way to jail there, Brad. I don't know if I want that one. 
Turns out millennials want to work for one of two companies, and we'll tell you who they are and why they want to work there. That will happen next on Rock Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. People are flooding my Twitter and my Facebook with what they, what the car they would want from a TV or a movie that they would want to drive. Some of the choices have been fantastic. 9.30, we'll revisit that as a class. Just funny. Um, you know, you can sit here and be like, all right, as esteemed broadcasters, how do we put forth the best quality product that we can? Ask people what their favorite fictional car is. <laughs> it's like, I've seen movies. I've watched TV before, too. <laughs> That's true. Thanks for doing the heavy lifting for us today, we like guys. We, Thanks. We did, we did not try it all on this one. It is Friday. <laughs> you know, I, I, I saw this yesterday at CNBC, and they said, why do millennials want to work at Google and Amazon? And I was like, well, I don't know if this really deserves all that much in-depth thought, because yeah. to me, it's like, those are the two companies now. Much like when I was growing up, I'm sure young people wanted to work at Coke or Pepsi, because those were the two companies you knew about. Yeah. IBM, Apple, like, those were the companies. Like, that's these are the two big players in the field right now. That's why they want to work there. Because you feel like if you go work at Google, Google's going to be Google next year. Correct. And it feels like there's opportunity in those. I mean, if you want to say like, no, I just want to go work on the, or, you know, I just want to go work on the factory line. That feels like, well, you just want to get, you wait in the unemployment line then, and right. it's coming for you. But to have aspirations to be a part of the future economy, that makes all the sense in the world to me. They say young professionals want to make an impact. Millennials care about being challenged, impacting society, and making a difference in the world. Working in tech allows them to be on the cutting edge of society and see their ideas come to fruition. Now, I, before we go any further into that, all that stuff, great. I'm glad millennials are thinking that. But hasn't every generation from, 15 to, that. from 15 to 30, no matter which generation you were, but when you were from, from, from 15 to 30, you're like, you know what? I'm going to make the world a better place. I'm going to do, you know what? We're going to change the system. Damn the man. Who doesn't want to be on the cutting edge of a society? What, do you want to work in a field that's about to be blown up and, and thrown away? No, <laughs> I'm already doing that for you. <laughs> you don't have to, to do that. Mary show. <laughs> Apparently, millennials are more likely to seek out companies with a progressive management. A majority of millennials, 65%, say they'd rather work for an organization whose mission they believe in than a company that pays a lot. Wow. Now, that would not have been true of the young people of my day. Young people of my day were about me. Give me the money. It was about greed is good. That's the era I grew up in. I, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think there's been a, ch a change, but I think people, like I said, I mean, in the 1960s, though, if you were 22 years old, you had the same mindset. But then by the time, you know, 20 years later, you threw all that behind you. And that's this, kind of the tale of the world there. Uh, they're pointing to Silicon Valley's swift response to President Trump's transgender military ban, as well as the travel ban, as an example of progressive thought in the tech space. All right. They say if you keep them excited to come into work, it will bring tremendous growth in revenue. That I could believe. Okay. I, um, I don't, yeah, I guess I would have to admit that more young people are more engaged in these worldly issues than young people were when I was 
growing up. Now, Clinton was a big deal. Like, I remember, like, Clinton being like, okay, this is going to be our president. We kind of feel like this, he speaks for us. And so we were engaged. I just don't know if there was as much heated stuff going on inside of, like, the U.S. borders at that time. Well, and, you know, it was a different era. The 24-7 news cycle didn't exist right. necessarily. Obviously, the internet wasn't a thing there. But if you look at if you're looking at the generation that exists now, your generation and the generation previous to you, I would say the generation now and the generation previous to you had a lot of similarities there of, yeah. of that of that of that forward thinking and that like progressive movement and where maybe Maybe that's one of those things that kind of skips a generation where it's like, well, no, our parents were a bunch of, you know, flower pot smoking hippies and no, we're going strictly 100% cocaine and profits. And then out of that is born like the desire to kind of change the world and make it a better place. A lot of people in my generation had it pretty cushy. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Had, had it pretty cushy, and that's why we have the kind of snot-nosed kids we have now. Kind of caught in a perfect time there between, you know, the turmoil of the civil rights era and everything that happened there. What and, a lot of war going on. And, right. And, you know, uh, when it, you know the 90s came around, turmoil in the Middle East and a little bit of unrest there in the world. And then you add in, you know, a, a an economy that kind of fell apart and all those different things. So, yeah, people of your, you know, and that is why a lot of kids suck today. All oh, these kids suck today. Or do the parents suck today? Which one? is it? Did he, I mean, if the kids suck, it's because of how they were raised. Yeah, right. And honestly, my generation did. They laid down on raising their kids. You totally laid down because your parents were mean to you and you were going to be the exact opposite of what your parents did to you. And now we got a bunch of kids who don't want to do anything. They say here, millennials value flexibility over freebies. They say Google is known for giving perks like free lunches, but millennials listed these bonuses, a few of them did, as the reason why they want to work for a company. They say here, throwing free things at employees is not an effective in retaining or attracting the top talent. It's artificial to give free lunches and gym memberships. Says people want to work at a company where they're able to learn and be challenged and see results. I would agree with that. I want to, I want to learn, I want to be challenged, and I do want to see results. I, dude, I'm not a millennial, but I do want those things out of where I work. Stansbury also wants freebies. Today is Friday. There will be free donuts coming in, and I pray to God that you decide to skip the diet and go with it. No, I'm not eating a donut. No, today. dude, will you at least take it so Linda's feelings yes. don't get hurt? Take it and throw it I will, away. I will okay. be taking the donuts from Linda because I don't want to break her heart, but yeah, no, I will not be eating the donuts. There you go. Standing by his, his, his diet. There. 64% of millennials do say that they are most excited about a company perks like flexible hours and or working from home yeah i could i could see that i I, i'm not not opposed to people working from home it's just you gotta be a very self-motivated person and it depends on the job too i mean there's jobs you can do from home and then there's other ones where it's like what do you mean you're not coming into work today that's not acceptable I, i i think there's examples you know in my personal life where it's like well what do you mean this person doesn't have to come to work the number one reason why millennials want to work for google and or amazon they say tech's quick expansion makes room for more jobs they say tech companies grow at a fast and rapid pace, allowing for increased career opportunities and growth throughout the company. Older age groups are are more interested in compensation and total package, says Cohen. And yeah, it's because, it, dude, you are you're a reflection of the world that you were raised in. And I was definitely raised in the the more you make, the more successful you are. That's kind of like, that's how the company shows you that you're important, yeah. is by, by, by willing to pay you more money. It's just the era I grew up in. And society almost viewed it as like, the more money you make, the more successful you are, the more virtuous you are, the better of a person you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, Which is not true, not but, at all, but, but, but that's definitely the yardstick that we had used for there. I would admit that flexibility is good. 
and that I've said, what did I say? Like this company, when we renegotiated our contract, what'd they do? They didn't want to come off any more money. I can't for the life of me figure out why, but they didn't. And so what they did is they decided to compensate us with more time away from the studio. And I've said, and I want to make sure I keep saying it because I know not everybody listens to all four hours every single day, that I'm okay with that except for the fact that I worry that the audience will think that we're lazy. Like again, coming up at the end of August, there's going to be a week where we take two days off. And both those days, instead of me being relaxed, I'm going to be worried about how you feel about the fact that I'm not in here. And that's the only reason I worry about this new world. But the new world will be to give you more time away from the office instead of paying you more money. That's what's going to happen. That's where we are headed. My company's normally on the forefront of a lot of these things that happen. Radio and TV, they kind of adapt this kind of these kind of things earlier than a lot of other companies will. I think you're going to start to see that spread around. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here. And if you're a licensed medical insurance agent, Truebridge, a Trasact company, wants to hire you. Truebridge in North Canton is looking for caring people that want to help seniors understand their medical care options and choose the plan that's best for them. If you don't have an insurance license but would love to have one, Truebridge can help you for free. Yes, TrueBridge will provide all the training you need to earn your medical insurance license for free. If you want to know more, dial pound 250 now and use the keyword TrueBridge. That's pound 69. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069. Coming up at 8 o'clock, I'll tell you why WaitingForNextYear.com thinks that Cleveland is the perfect landing spot for Colin Kaepernick. I disagree. We'll get into that coming up at 8 o'clock. Something must have happened with Gene Simmons because <laughs> Pantone said to me during the break, he's like, wait till you hear what your boy said now. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, apparently Gene Simmons had something to say. And this is all about, just- I haven't heard this yet. This is all about Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber recently canceled his um Why did he cancel tour. this tour? Um, From what I've heard, and I mean, I'm not like a, a Bieberette on the internet all day looking up stuff, but I think he got involved with some like... Uh, alternative church and this church is the one that's kind of behind this and I, I heard Kyrie Irving has like you know ties to it too so I don't know if really like, I don't know if this is like what was that Beatles guy he that came in and he was like the uh, the yoga master that like oh yeah yeah, and yeah like yeah. he like did all that stuff with the Beatles so I don't know if this is that but that's kind of what the rumor is is that he's involved in some sort of weird cult like alternative church and so they've told him to like what cancel the tour to like concentrate on getting himself well He's canceled the tour. He's not doing his world tour. Oh. And you would think you'd want that money. You'd think. So, what did G- how, how does Gene Simmons get like wrapped up TMZ in this? TMZ saw Gene Simmons walking around in uh, beautiful Los Angeles and, and, and went up and asked Gene what he thought about Justin Bieber. Oh, let me hear that. May I ask you a question? <laughs> you have any advice for this dude, Justin Bieber? Like, you're a super rock star. Justin? Yeah, he just quit his tour, bro. Yeah, get a life. Get a life, he says. You don't have to worry about anything. You're rich. In case you didn't notice, you're white. You don't have anything to worry about. You're rich. And in case you didn't notice, you're white, is what Gene Simmons did. Why would you have gone all the way there? Rich would have been enough, right? You're, you've been fortunate. You've been blessed. You have you have gifts and you've got money. Why did he have to bring that into it? Weird. In case you didn't notice, you're white. I got white privilege, bitch. You've got white privilege, bitch. Did I say the whole 
comment? Yes, 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 yes you did. I'm surprised Gene Simmons would admit that there's white privilege. To be honest with you, I'm surprised he admitted that. Knowing him, hearing him, being like honestly hanging on his every word as a kid, I'm surprised that came out of him. Now, I'll remind you that Justin Bieber's got a great life, but it was given to him by Usher. So let's just let's just temper some of that. I uh, I was surprised to hear that out of out of Gene Simmons. I would have never thought that. But again, Gene's looking at it from the money end. Which what do you mean you're not going to tour? All Gene cares about is money. So I'm sure he's looking at it like, what do you mean you're not going to go out there and make the money? Like if he, if if Justin Bieber was signed to his company, believe me, Gene wouldn't be standing for that. He'd have your ass he'd have your ass out there touring, making that money. But listen, I wish him well. He's young. He's got lots of fans. We like fans. He's but, still running around wearing the tour merchandise and stuff. It was killing it's me. It's called the Beverly Hills Blues. It goes like this. My limo is late and I just can't wait. My mansion is... Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's why, that's why you stopped writing songs after 1985, Gene. I'm surprised TMZ, like, well, I guess Gene Simmons has had his reality show and stuff, but there's a little bit of me that's like, damn, dude, I don't know if, you know, the average TMZ viewer would be able to pull Gene Simmons off the street, so I'm surprised that the photog was. I guess they're paid to do that, though. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised he went all the way there. I, I, I would have, if I were Gene Simmons, I would have kept a race out of it. I would have just been like, dude, you've been blessed with gifts, and you're incredibly talented, and you've you've got a ton of money, and your fans are rabid, and they want to see you, and you kind of owe it to them to get out there and tour. That's what I would have said, but I'm not quite the egot- the egotistical dick that Gene Simmons is. Michael Hattery from WaitingForNextYear.com claims Cleveland Browns would be a perfect landing spot for Colin Kaepernick. We'll examine next on Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online at WRQK.com. We have a close relationship with WaitingForNextYear.com. We, as a matter of fact, have their editor-in-chief, Scott, on the air with us every Monday at 8. And I've, I've read an article at their website, WaitingForNextYear.com, written by Michael Hattery. And he's making the argument that Cleveland would not be a bad place to land Colin Kaepernick. And a lot of people were saying yesterday the Dolphins, because I guess their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, uh, got like a knee injury. And I mean, he left the field on his own, like Will and all that. But like they're still worried about, you know, him not being able to play for a few weeks. So people were saying, well, maybe Miami then signs Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, there's always a landing place for quarterbacks in the NFL. It's I mean, within the first two weeks of any season, it's like, oh, dude, look at this team. All of a sudden now they're looking for a quarterback desperately. So it's, you know, it's there's always going to be somewhere where there's a knee injury or something. This is what a lot of people on TV have been saying about people who are like, the, the league's racist because nobody wants Kaepernick. It's like, nah, nobody wants him right now. Wait till the quarterback goes down, and then you may see him get a gig. It's like, you guys got to dial down some of this rhetoric. And Michael Hattery at WaitingForNextYear.com is making this argument, that when a player gets devalued the way Colin Kaepernick has over his protests, that you can get to- like better talent for less money than you would have to normally spend. Um... Yes, and I think it's fair to say that Colin Kaepernick has been devalued. Now we can yes, we, I would agree with that. We can talk about whether it's merited or not, or what's the cause of it. He has but, been devalued. Yeah, I, I would agree. agree with that. I do. This is I, I want my stance on Colin Kaepernick to be perfectly clear. 
I believe he can play in the league. But I don't believe he's a top 10 quarterback. I don't. No, no. I don't. I mean, maybe there are people making that argument out there, but I don't think anybody with 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 any real clout is making that argument. That you know, people say, well, he went to a Super Bowl. And I always come back and say, well, Jim Harbaugh went to a Super Bowl. Look at Colin Kaepernick's production after Jim Harbaugh left San Francisco. Nothing. In the tank. Harbaugh has elevated quarterbacks. He elevated that Michigan quarterback he had last year. That kid can't play a lick. But he elevated him because Harbaugh knows how to coach. Kaepernick right? did have his, uh, according to quarterback ratings, and I know that's not the be-all, end-all of, of, of what makes a quarterback sure. good, but aside from 2012, last year was statistically Colin Kaepernick's best season. How many games did he play in last year? Okay, so that probably has something to do with that, too. You, you, know, you lower the sample size. 2012, he played in 13. Okay, all right, so it's only one more game. Okay, that kind of flies in the face of that. Okay, so there you go. I just, I don't believe the kid's a top 10 talent. I really don't. And yet, he's a top 10 story. And if I was the organization, if I was the Browns, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. And did you see this the other day? Like, the Ravens were thinking about him and then kind of backpedaled and then Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend, if you haven't seen this photo yet, I just tweeted it out, at Sansbury Show. And she makes the analogy. She posted the photo of Ray Lewis standing behind the Ravens owner, Steve Bishotti, and, like, hugging him. And then posted the photo from Django Unchained, where Samuel L. Jackson's behind, who is it, Leonardo DiCaprio? And he's hugging him. Basically calling Steve Bishotti a slave owner. And this is where Colin Kaepernick's nothing but trouble. Everybody around him talks. He never talks. That's a problem. I do believe that that's a problem. And I've said about my career many a times that if I'm dating somebody and she opens her mouth and causes me problems, that's probably going to be the end of the relationship. And she'll know. Believe me, there's a reason why you've never seen one of my girlfriends do this. It's because they know before it gets out of control. I lay the law down on that before it becomes a problem because I care about this. Yeah, Colin Kaepernick, you definitely have to... Yeah, get your girlfriend under control, bro. The people in your life, is there something else outside? Like, did his dad do something or did his family do something that I don't know about? Or Steve Bishotti? No, 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 oh. Colin Kaepernick. So you said other people in his life talk, but he doesn't. Is there something I don't... He's kind of like... People are picking up the cause for him. And he's he allows people to say things about him without clarifying. So I don't know if they're necessarily in the Kaepernick camp... But there are definitely people who are vocal about this issue, and he does nothing to dispel what they're saying. So I think people in the league are going to look at it and go, okay, well, he must agree with that. Like, if, if you want your, your opinion to be heard, then you have to speak it. But you got to tell your girlfriend to dial this way down. And I think Kaepernick will get signed by a team, but I think the Cleveland Browns are the worst team in the world to sign him, and I'll tell you why. You know where Kaepernick needs to go? Where's that? To a stable situation. You can't send him to a place where you don't know who the best quarterback is. See, because then what it, the story's going to be is, well, you're not starting him because you're a racist. That's the last thing Hugh, Hugh Jackson and, and Jim... And dude, the, the last thing this ownership needs, last thing this coaching staff needs, it's the last thing this team needs, is the circus that comes with Colin Kaepernick. Now... You can't deny the fact that it's going to be a circus. Right or wrong, it will be a circus. And this organization is nowhere near stable enough to be handling that kind of circus. They're just not. You need to send this kid to a very stable quarterback position. Meaning that your quarterback needs to have... To where if Colin Kaepernick's on the sideline, nobody's calling for him to play. 
You need to send him to a place where the quarterback can throw three picks in a game and not have everybody screaming for Kaepernick. Yeah, because right? I mean, honestly, who yeah. wants to invite a quarterback controversy into their into their locker room? Who wants that? Nobody wants. It's this isn't all about the protesting now. Again, because I want my opinion on him to be clear. Is he being passed over in certain situations because of the protesting? 100% absolutely true, yes. But this is about more than that. It's about the fact that the media will not let this die. And no matter what, it's just you're going to create a quarterback controversy and the Browns can't have it. They just can't have it. Um, They already do. You know what I mean? We don't know who the definitive starter Why is. Why add out. more? Um because he'd be a better option than either of the options available to you right now? I don't know if I know that. Um, last year, Colin Kaepernick, a 90.7 quarterback rating. Where'd he play? I don't even remember where San he played. San Francisco. See, I don't even remember where the kid played last year because it's all about what he did. It's all about the protesting. It's all about his girlfriend. It's all about everything else. He never talks football. Brock Osweiler, uh, his, or his, his, his quarterback rating last year was 70.8. So, I mean, considerably better there. And with a with a worse team, I mean, San Francisco had a way worse team than Houston had. And about comparable, Colin Kaepernick was at about a ninety one, and Cody Kessler sitting at about a ninety two. So, I mean, they're about the same thing. There. Okay, I've and been critical. Rating's not to be all end. No, so. it's not at all. I I but know it's a been, number we can go. On. I've been critical on his play, and I would admit that he's probably better than. He's probably better than Brock Osweiler. I mean, it's hard not to be better than Brock Osweiler. I mean, I'm not kidding. I, no. I, there are kids playing high school football that I, I that I think are honestly a better quarterback. Now, the thing with that Osweiler. is, is that I think the Browns go into the season knowing that they're going to lose a lot. So, upgrading at quarterback position isn't necessary for the Browns. But other teams out there in the NFL aren't sitting in that same situation where they do want to try to win every game available to right. them. And if that's the case and Colin Kaepernick is a better option, I can understand why you would think, like, all right, well, if See, we have an option to upgrade here, why why wouldn't we take that? I think it needs to be a team that can, vi- th- th- that can play for a championship that hopes their quarterback doesn't go down. I think the Seattle Seahawks are a perfect landing spot for Colin Kaepernick because no matter what happens, nobody's going to tell you to put Kaepernick in over Russell Wilson. I mean, that's I, not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think that as the backup role, that's that's definitely New what England can handle him. His best case scenario would probably be is somebody saying like, "Yo, you can come in behind Aaron Rodgers." Right. You you needed it to be a place where nobody wants the backup quarterback on the field. Cleveland but, always wants the backup quarterback on the field. But a team like Miami is going to come into this weird territory where it's like, well, we're not the Browns. We're not going to get washed out. Like They have a pretty good roster. Right. And, well, so we have to, if Tannehill's really out, we have to try to maximize our wins this year because I don't think you're going to throw the season away like Cleveland's going to. So like I heard this yesterday, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it made sense to me. That the reason why Miami won't do it, and again, it's what part of what Kaepernick did. He kind of brought it on himself, but he was out there wearing Fidel Castro t-shirts in Miami when they were playing Miami. Like, I don't, I will not pretend to know the entire history of Cuba and Fidel Castro and all that. All right, I won't pretend to know all that, but I know that there are people in Miami that view that to be very controversial. And I think that's really the point: is do you really want your backup quarterback to be controversial? Um. Yes, the Fidel Castro thing, but last year when Kaepernick played Miami, 296 yards, three touchdowns against the team. So, like, you have to... 
you have to weigh that in. And I guess what we're talking about here is like we have organizations, teams making decisions of the football product, the on-field product, based off of how people's feelings are hurt, right? Because how you feel about Fidel Castro or how you feel about no, the national anthem, No, that's different right? because it goes, it's going to affect the owner's bottom line, and that's why I'm okay with it. If, if it's going to affect your bottom line, then I don't want to do so it. So profitability overwins in sports. Not when I can find a guy who can give me what Colin Kaepernick can give me, right? I mean, dude, it's not we, – we just said he's not a top-ten quarterback. But look at how many quarterbacks have a guy worse than Colin Kaepernick. Or in a situation where they would, where Colin Kaepernick would be an improvement. Here's here's the narrative that never gets talked about in the Colin Kaepernick story, right? Because everybody wants to make it Black Lives Matter and protests, and everybody wants to make it this. It's also scheme. Show me the scheme that he fits. Show me the team that's got the scheme that he fits. Because he's a mobile quarterback that doesn't throw from the pocket. So like, there's only a handful of teams that want to do that. And so, like, schemes got to come into it. Playbooks got to come into it. It's not just the protest. Is it part of it? Of course it is. To deny that would be crazy. But the last thing I want is this story on the sideline when you don't have a solidified star at the quarterback home. Because then it's going to be, well, you won't play him because of this and this. And then the whole thing's just going to be controversy. And the last thing the Browns need is more controversy. They're the bad news bears. They're terrible. And they're not going to be that much better this year. And adding this is only going to be, it is a distraction. First of all, this is another thing that's been annoying me in this whole conversation. Distractions now become like a four-letter word when talking about this. He is a distraction. There's no denying that. Do people need to get over a little bit? Yeah. Are they? Probably not. You know, people like to make the analogy this to, to Michael Vick. And a guy here who says here, Andrew Brandt says, was consulting with the Eagles when they signed Michael Vick. 50 protesters the first day, 20 the second day, 5 the third. It was gone by the fourth. Emotion fades. And he's right about that. Emotion does fade. And let's not pretend that if Colin Kaepernick wins you eight games in a row, that people don't like start buying cap jerseys again, hug him, and all this. But I will go all the way back. To when Jay Glazer, before any of the protests said, he's aloof in the locker room. The teammates don't like him. He's uncoachable. These were all things that were out there about Colin Kaepernick before the protest. I'll remind you that the protest is starting when nobody wanted him on the field. This was about getting his name out there, and he has successfully done it. He has successfully done it. Nobody wanted this kid on the field before the protesting. Nobody. As a matter of fact, when the story broke, I was in San Francisco's airport on my way home from Oregon. And the the 49ers team store was right across from where my plane was loading. And I walked in there and I said, yo, man, I work in the media. I need a Kaepernick jersey for my job next week. And the guy said said to me, this is a San Francisco 49ers team store. Said to me, he goes, dude, we haven't carried cap jerseys in two years. Everybody here thinks that kid's a bum. That's the narrative that's not being told to you about Colin Kaepernick right now. Because making it about race makes it click-worthy. If you make it about scheme and availability and playability and all this stuff, then all of a sudden it's not really a story. He will find his way to an NFL roster, but it cannot, cannot be the Cleveland Browns. They are not stable enough to handle what comes with Colin Kaepernick. And you know what? That's a shame because he is better than what we have at quarterback right now, probably. And if you didn't run your franchise like a complete joke for 15 years, you might be able to do it. But the Cleveland Browns are the last place Colin Kaepernick should be on the sideline of.
A guy tried to hit and skip, and it turned out to be the wrong move for him. We'll explain next on Rock 106.9. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9 online at WRQK.com. And can be heard everywhere via iHeartRadio. Apparently there was a crash Wednesday night in Akron. And this guy hit a car. And then allegedly he tried to flee by putting the car in reverse. And apparently when he put it in reverse, he jumped over the curb, Fantone, and then struck a woman with the car. Okay. He then gets out of the car, checks on her. Okay. okay. And then got back in and then tried to take off. So hit hit car, hit woman. Backed up, went over the curb, hit woman. Then gets out of the car, physically gets all the way out of the car, checks on her, gets in the car, tries to take off. Uh, funny that you decided to check before you took off. Now, I think that's a sign of you being a decent person, but just freaking out in the moment. Gets canceled, so it gets canceled out by leaving, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just, to me, it's like if you're so desperate to get away, you wouldn't have even went out and checked. So what were you going to do? Be like, oh, damn, sorry, I broke your leg, lady. I'm out. <laughs> like, what did you say then? <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, my bad. <laughs> Deuces. Right. Like, I don't know who does that. So apparently there were some bystanders who witnessed this whole thing go down. They okay. didn't let him leave. They pulled him out of the car and they beat him up. They beat him up. They say here, uh, I'm reading from News5Cleveland.com, uh, bystanders who witnessed the crash chased Bowler, pulled him out of his car and beat him up. He eventually got away, pulled into a random driveway to hide until then police uh, then found him. So he tried to get away with witnesses? Uh, that That's even more. So you got out, showed your face essentially... You know, and then tried to drive away. There's all sorts of confusion going on. Here also, for me. the cars then stopped at that point, which means you gave people with cell phones yeah. plenty of time to take a picture of the car and or license plate, and it not going to be all that hard to find you. This was not obviously well thought. Now, didn't mean to be thought on. I'm yeah. sure he didn't mean to hit a car and then hit a woman. But uh, yeah, he was hiding in a random driveway. Cops found him, and uh, he was taken to Akron City Hospital for treatment. He was charged with hit, skip, suspended license, driving on a sidewalk, and failure to control. Wow. Yeah, welcome to jail. You're going to be there a little while. I would imagine you're going to be there a little while. Um, do you think that any of the people involved in that story will be in jail? Yeah, you kind of have to, I think. I mean, I don't know if, they, if anybody got arrested or if they know who did it or what, this and that. But if you know who did it and you arrest them, yeah, you kind of have to charge them with assault. I, I mean, I would assume that if those people were arrested, and that would be a part of the story. So, like, I'm making the assumption, yeah. but I'm, I'm, I think it's pretty safe. I'm assuming that, too. But That nobody else got arrested here. I and, wonder if it was like when they pulled up, it was like, he did it, he did it, he did it. Nobody, I mean, you know, how do you know? I mean, pretty easy to figure out. You know, if if you're punching a dude, you're gonna have some sort of like knuckle marks, and you're gonna be, you know, you think I, right? So it just to me, like, I listen, I I I I understand the outrage and the anger and the mob mentality of why when you saw someone get hit and then somebody run on it, because that is that's a terrible thing to do. Like, I know you didn't mean to hit somebody, but you have to deal with those consequences in the moment. I know people freak out. I know people like make terrible decisions in moments of panic, but that doesn't mean you can go mob mentality on somebody and start beating them down. I'm being asked that if you check on her and she needs to go to the hospital and you're not fleeing if you take her there, right? Yeah, I would imagine cops are going to view that as you leaving the scene. 
unless you can make the argument of, oh my God, this lady's going to bleed out on me. I can't wait for a hospital. I can't wait for, for you to know. Be, to be fair to this situation, that's not what happened right, either. He right. didn't put her in the car. That's not what happened. He was trying to leave. It's just so strange that you would stop. Like, that just seems like an unnecessary step to me. If I was in that panicked mode of, oh my God, I I'm have just to get going. out of here. Right. Gas Boom, pedal. Gone. Gone. If I went out of the situation, the gas pedal is the one that gets me on it. Like, <laughs> miss, I'm so sorry I hit you with my car. Are you okay? No, I'm not. All right. See ya. Like, that. that's just, that's lunacy to me. Yeah, I don't get how that happened. Did you hear about this too? Out of, uh, was this Dallas maybe where this happened? Where um, a guy was on a train. And he asked some people on the train to stop smoking marijuana on the train, which I don't think is an unreasonable request since you're not allowed to smoke marijuana in public like that. Or cigarettes for that matter. You're right. Anything for that matter. And um, instead of putting out the marijuana, they beat him up. It's like six dudes all just like pulled him off the chair and like beat him up the videos online. It's pretty intense. Yeah, I don't know if I had six dudes smoking weed who are who are like, you know, blatantly smoking weed in a public place. I don't know if I'm ballsy enough to go say, hey, don't do that. I think I know I'm not. I think I probably just sit there and probably tweet about it and go, I cannot believe these dudes are just sitting here like smoking blunts on the train. Just breathe as deep as you possibly can. Like, <gasps> but I've seen enough TV and movies to know that if I open my mouth right now, I'm probably going to get punched. And that's unfortunate. That's not the way the world should be, but that's the way the world is. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Michael Jordan has come out and, um, and jumped on the bandwagon of people slamming LeBron James. I know I kind of took him to the woodshed earlier to start the show out this morning, but I think what Michael said might be wrong. We'll examine that next on Rock 106. Conspiracy Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for WRQK.com. If you have not seen that video of Gene Simmons ripping Justin Bieber, we have just posted that. That's available for you at WRQK.com. The next hour and 15 minutes or so, hour Mm -hmm. and 20 minutes, is going to be a huge... It's going to be hugely problematic for me. Essentially, this is going to be a this is going to be a test of impulse control. As our front desk lady Linda, like the only person in this building that likes us, one the, and only, the only one who likes us, every Friday brings donuts in to the building. Not just for us, but for the building. But she normally comes by this studio first and lets us take like our pick of the litter. And she understands that I like apple fritters for some reason. That's I don't know. I just do. Right. You don't have to, you don't have to, to validate your love of apple fritters. You can just go ahead and love what you want to love. Stan you hear that, bitch? I'm allowed to love you. And I'm staring at them right now as they're sitting on the napkin next to me. And dude, I've been dieting, so I don't want to eat these donuts. And I said to, to, to Fantone earlier, "Don't worry, I'm gonna still take them from Linda. I don't want to break the old woman's heart. She loves us, and yeah. you know, she, you know, what I mean, it's kind of like how when you come home from college, how your mom kind of wants to do your laundry. Like that's kind of like the same thing here. She like likes to give us donuts and stuff. And so I didn't want to rob her of that. Yeah, she's a nurturer. She wants. She to really nurture is. Us. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to do it. And so I'm going to I'm going to try my hardest. Not as a matter of fact, I'm going to push those a little further. From me there. I feel like you need to do it. I'm no, not, I'm not gonna lie. I think I think Satan is talking to you for a reason right now. Stansberry, eat me. Well, let me. Jeez, oh, <laughs> jeez. Um, have I been angry? When you go back on the podcast, you'll hear it. Now, I don't care because, like, whatever, dude. He gets fired up on the radio. I don't have to talk as much. Whatever. Let him yell about it whenever he wants to. Oh, I'm angry today, huh? Oh, yeah, you are, dude. Yes, it's all over you. And it's not with me. And that's the thing, too. Is Maybe like, that's why I don't notice it because I don't feel tension in the room. Yeah, usually usually I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. Is this guy going to lose his mind on me? But today I don't feel that at all. Um, okay, well, y- that's th- then that's what I care about most. You've, you've, got, you've got anger all over you, though. It's, I you, do. You've yet to... You've yet to 
to, to put it on me, but every other thing we've talked about, you put it on that. You're like, you know what? No, I'm going to scream about this. Oh, man, I hate when that happens. All right. Especially hey. on a Friday, because you're right. When I go back and listen to the podcast and put that together, oh, I'm going to dwell bitch. on this all weekend now. Um, I don't think any of it turned into like bad radio. There's times when... Oh, I would bet some of it did. <laughs> well, I mean, welcome to the Stansberry Show. <laughs> exactly. A success rate of maybe 50%. But there's times in the past, certainly you've lost your mind, and it's dude like, oh my God, he's ranting, he's raving, he doesn't even make sense anymore, but that hasn't happened today. You've kept it in check. So maybe just one apple fritter you should eat. Maybe just one of them. <laughs> just, just, just one. He'll calm down a little bit. Hmm. Interesting. I uh, no, I can't do it. Right. No, because I'll tell you what's going to make me angry for longer. What is that? And that's being fat. That'll make me that. I'll carry that anger longer. Is that? Where if I lose, if I lose some of this weight, I'll feel better and okay. I won't be as angry. All right. If that's, I mean, hey, if that's the system that we're subscribing to, I, uh, I, I wholeheartedly support you. Then you know what? Maybe I'll eat two apple fritters. Well, they're right there for you if you want them. Uh, Carrie just sent in a message to me, and I did not know this. And this is about golf, and I didn't know this. But Carrie says, the Bridgestone is an invitational. There is no cuts. Anyone invited and shows gets up, it gets to play and gets paid. I guess last place is around 40000 as you were asking us that yesterday, fans. Yeesh. Last place, forty grand. I forgot about the invitationals, about that. I forgot about that aspect of it. I'm so excited, man. I got my tickets for, uh, for tomorrow. I'm pretty pumped. I think Michael Jordan said something a little crazy about LeBron James. All right. And he said, would I rank LeBron over Kobe in terms of best of all time? This is Michael Jordan. He says, no, there's something about five that beats three. Now, he may be better than that, speaking about uh, LeBron there. He says, but Kobe won five championships. LeBron won three. Now, I think we know why Michael Jordan wants to keep it at championships or what make you the best is because he's won six and he wants to remain the best player ever. But if you if that's what the if that's what the bar is, you're not Not the the best 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 player player ever. ever. Right. You're not the best player ever. So that's 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 not a very good argument to make from Jordan or Jordan fans. Well, rings, 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 rings. I think he knows. I think he knows that that the younger generation doesn't care about Bill Russell and that the Jordan's still top of mind. But he's got to be careful there because sooner later his his celebrity in that game and in that arena will fade like Russell's did eventually course, it will I mean the more time goes on it's gonna take a little while yet yeah. but it will fade I mean you know and I, I think just the difference of video available from Bill Russell's era to Michael Jordan's era is going to at least keep Jordan somewhat more relevant but yeah of course as time goes on and I guess that's what the greatest of all time is all about and what sports are kind of all about is that I can I can sit here and say like hey here's my list of who I think the best of all time are basketball, baseball, football, whatever, all these different sports. And so many of those times, they're going to be athletes of my generation. Now, part of that is because I do think athletes are getting bigger, faster, stronger, better trained at their at their, you know, sport or whatever it is. So I Yeah, do they're think, no longer smoking cigarettes in the locker oh, right. room. I do think there's a little right. bit of that, but at the same time, I have to say to myself, yo, bro, check yourself. Just because Tom Brady plays when you watch football doesn't necessarily mean that he's better than Joe Montana. Just because, you know, Tiger Woods played golf while you were while in your lifetime doesn't mean he's better than Jack. You know what I'm saying? So I do do that. I know I do. Oh, yeah, I think most people do that. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think you do got to weigh that in. I, But doesn't LeBron lead Kobe Bryant in everything? I think pretty Points, much. Points, rebounds, steals. Right. 
minutes. Right. I mean, he, dude, he leads Kobe in pretty much everything. And he kind of leads, if you're, if you're putting all statistics together, he kind of leads everyone. And that's, that's the thing is you can, you can give Jordan points, dude, when it comes down to it. And if we have a scale and LeBron's on one side and Jordan's on the other, hell, Kobe's over here, Shaq's over here, Kareem's over here, Bill Russell's over here. All these guys are on this different scale. When you start adding points, LeBron has more points than I feel like any of the other players involved in that conversation. My buddy Ray is a, is a Laker fanatic and a Kobe like Homer. Right. Like Kobe Bryant's Ray's player. He my buddy Ray loves Kobe Bryant, right? And so I got into a very heated exchange while playing nine holes with him about Kobe v. LeBron. And I'm not gonna tell you, Fantone, but I looked up where like I was like, where does Kobe land in the like the history of like the best players in the NBA? I'm not gonna tell you where multiple sites had Kobe Bryant listed, because I want your answer first. Is Kobe Bryant a top ten player? All time. I'm going to say yes, but I'm going to say that I lack historical perspective on that. I, could I come up if I sat? No, because if I if I sat down and like thought about it and was objective about it and and like really weighed things out, I don't think he would be a top ten player of all time. Okay, the the sites I went to, which were reputable, Sports Illustrated yeah. and things like that. Okay, yeah. they had Kobe. All those sites ranked Kobe between twelve and fifteen. Well, if that's the case. I don't think people dispute that LeBron James is a top ten player all time, right? Shouldn't yeah, unless you unless you are ignoring evidence. So if Kobe can't get past twelve or fifteen, then how is he any better than than LeBron James? I've said this for a while now. You got to stop making this all about titles. This is this is this is because Jordan knows that LeBron's knocking, and regardless what happens from the Cavaliers' perspective of like, oh, well, what happens when he leaves or what happens if he leaves and what happens next year and Kyrie Irving and all these different things, you can't deny that LeBron's knocking on that door, a door that once seemed locked and barricaded and nobody was even able to pass your moat, Michael, but now Jordan or now now LeBron's on that doorstep and knocking on your door, and and, and of course you're going to go with, nope, Kobe's better, yeah, nope, c- nope, Robert Ory's better, nope, nope, dude, Charles Barkley. Nope, Lonzo Ball's better. He's Calm saying down. that because he doesn't think LeBron has time left to get to six or the roster to still do it. Okay, you and you know what? You might be right there, but if, if we're going to talk about time left, LeBron still has an open window at 14 years in. Where was Michael Jordan at 14 years in playing for the Washington Wizards? Right. Turning it out, dude. Losing games, getting bounced out, not making the playoffs. So if you want to talk about LeBron losing in the finals as like, oh, that's a smear against his name. Fine. What's the smear against not making the playoffs? Or quitting the sport. You quit the sport to go play another sport. Dude, imagine if LeBron was like, yo, man, I'm going to go play golf for a year. Two or, years. I'm going to go, go play teams. soccer for a year. He, You know what I mean? Like, There's part of that. Here's the other thing. Here's why LeBron can never win. Let's say, let's say LeBron gets to six, maybe even seven. I'll even make it seven. He gets to seven rings. You know what the argument will be then? Michael won them all in Chicago. That will be the argument. Do Jordan fanatics will move the goalpost every time LeBron gets closer. You need to admit to yourselves a little bit that you just don't want somebody who's still on the court to be named the best player of all time. That's part of this, is that we don't like that. We like, do we, we the fans who could never dunk to save our lives, like telling dudes, wait your turn. The fan bases love telling guys to wait their turn. And I understand that, but some of this is we just won't allow a guy who's still playing to be considered to be the best that's ever done it. But if I was starting a team tomorrow, 
I would probably pick Jordan over LeBron to start my roster, like if they were all lined up against the wall, because there is something to that killer mentality that Michael had, and I grew up in that era, and that's kind of like how I like my guys to be. But uh, but I'll be honest, if I got to pick second and LeBron and Kobe are still up against that wall, I'm taking LeBron before I'm taking Kobe Bryant. You can bet your ass on that. Yesterday we told you about a study that proved without a shadow of a doubt that women preferred to be the better looking partner in their relationship and we both said Fantone and I both said well yeah it's about you know women are sick of keeping up with the Joneses about being as you know as pretty as other girls they don't want to fight for it inside their own home too and a guy wrote me an email yesterday he's like you missed the most obvious point on this and I think he's touched on something and so I'll read you that and we'll get into that next on Rock 106.9 Dan Stansbury Matt Fantone just kiss your fruit cakes the Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Ansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Fantone, I gotta tell you, buddy, you did a fantastic job freshening up uh, uh, the rejoin beds. I, um, I'm just trying to keep you happy, so I figured a little pock hit him up is going to uh, keep your boy, keep your boy tempered. Through your donut, you know, escapades you're going through you, uh, over there. You've done a fantastic job this morning freshening those up. I appreciate it. I got to shout out the audience yesterday on Twitter. I was like, yo, what beds do you guys want? Got a ton of great suggestions. And I yeah, loaded, I saw that. I loaded a ton, and we just won't be able to get to all of them today. So over the next couple weeks, you'll hear new stuff that's old, old stuff that's new, and everything in between. I like it. So there you go. You're normally on your game with that, and today right. was no different. I appreciate the hard work. Thanks, buddy. You about to scream at me or something? No, not at all. No, no, no. I just I you were I do, the punch. No, but you told me I've been in a bad mood all day, so I'm like overcompensating now. Like I feel like I gotta hug you or something. I uh, I will tell you though that I did throw those donuts away. I saw. Did not eat them. So I don't know what's more sad, the fact that I'm fat and need to throw donuts away, or the fact that when you leave the studio, I'm going to dig through the trash to eat them. I don't know. I don't know what's more sad there. It's like a raccoon in a dumpster. Um, no, I mean, it's self-control. I know that. And I know there's people out there who are like, well, why did you throw them away? Because he would have eaten them otherwise. Yeah, so. I can't. I just can't be near it. As a matter of fact, I was playing golf with my buddy Dustin yesterday, and I hit a drive on 17. I mean, I crushed it. It was really close. And I... And I said to him, I was like, you know what? I was like, if I take this wedge and I stick it close and I tap in for birdie, I'll eat a slice of pizza today. I'll like, I'll make a, I'll, I'll, I'll give myself a little bet. Celebration. You know what happened? I got all excited about the slice of pizza, pulled out the wedge and shanked it <laughs> and ruined the whole. That's how food affects me. That's why I got to stay away from it. Now you're eight years away from cigarettes and hookers, so like, isn't there a little bit of like, well, dude, just fatten it up? I mean, what? What's another eight years of being relatively skinny? You feel like you you need that self esteem boost, or you know what's going on? There? Yeah, I kind of need it. Okay. I just, you know, every now and again, you just got to do it. Right. Like, I'm always going to be a little heavy. It's just the way it is. Right. I've struggled with weight my entire life. But, like. Well, yeah, you're not going to turn it around to, like, <laughs> yo, six pack over here, six no. pack Stansberry. No, but I mean, like, when we first started this job, I was pretty thin. Yeah, but we were poor. I look back at photos from back then, too, and I'm like, damn, man, you look skinny. And I'm like, well, dude, you did not have any money at all. So, like, when I, I'll, I'll I just, because people always come up to me, they're like, you're not that fat. And I guess I probably exaggerate this a little bit because my eating habits are honestly a little insane. But I'll tell you this that when I took this job over, I, there's a photo of you and I, as a matter of fact, I think it's your Twitter profile pic mm-hmm. at Fantone's how you follow him. And I'm wearing a Peabody staff shirt. That was an extra large shirt. And at that point I could get into a large t-shirt I had at home. I now, 
dude, I'm in a 2X, and there's some of them I own that it's like, maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. And so it's like, nah, man, you got to dial it back. Like, All right. there are seven deadly sins, and, All right. you know, mozzarella's <laughs> mine. Mozzarella's mine. We were talking yesterday on the program. A study came out that says that women prefer to be the better looking partner in the relationship. And it basically broke down the info and said this, you know, women feel very competitive with all other women. So they don't necessarily want to feel like they're in competition for their looks with the man that they're dating. And I think that that makes sense. But a guy, Frank, wrote me an email, feels like we missed one of the more basic points. Okay, And I'll tell you, I feel like Frank has been wronged by a woman. Okay, and the odds favor that. Welcome uh, to the club, right, dude. Yeah, right. I mean, I think we all have. But I think what I meant, what I really mean to say, Phantom, is I feel like Frank has been freshly wronged by a woman. Okay, okay? because right. the way this is kind of worded. I'll paraphrase here. I'm not going to read you the whole thing. It's like three paragraphs. But essentially, basically, what he's saying to me is this. Stansberry, you're an idiot. You okay. missed, <laughs> you get, right. which, by the way, Frank, my dad got to that faster <laughs> than you ever did. You should hear his boss say it, dude. I mean, it's amazing. Real big into it. But his point was, is I agree that women will compete with, with other women and how they look and they don't want to do that at home. But he feels as if women want to be the better looking partner in the sexual relationship with their man because it is a position of power. And that th- that it, it's a one way that women want to control their man, and that they don't want to be equal. Women want to be in charge of their man, and that if they're better looking, that the odds of you then going out and trying to run around or do all this other stuff, it won't happen. Because then, if she's that much better looking than you, you'll just feel so goddamn lucky to have her that you'll spend all your money on her, you'll do all this stuff, and that she gets to control everything. Now, that to me does sound like a guy that was wronged like a month ago. Yes, right. But- He's not 100% off base. There's certainly things I'll take point with there. But like when it comes to, yes, does she like that because it gives her more flexibility if you were to break up or something like that? She can always go get herself another man because she's good looking. And you'll struggle, man. But let's not look at it from, you know, oh, well, if you have a hot enough wife, you're never going to go cheat on her, dude. Dudes cheat for strange. It's not necessarily more more attractive. It's not necessarily more like, you know, oh, she makes me feel better about myself. It's that it's different. It's that it's not. Is that it's, you know, what did Dave Chappelle say? Dave Chappelle said rich, powerful men sleep with who's near them. With who's convenient to them. The people always said about, he made the analogy with Bill Clinton. Why would he have had Monica Lewinsky? Because he could open the door and she was down the hallway. That's why it was Monica Lewinsky. Uh, Tiger F. Which, by the way, Monica could totally get it. Tiger F. and Woods, dude. He, 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 you know. Oh, his wife bang, was hot. Super hot wife. Had the ability to bang porn stars and did, but was also banging Denny's waitresses. You know what I mean? So, like, I, 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 I have a little bit of point of contention there with, like, well, she's just doing it so that he won't necessarily stray from her or, or think he's going to leave her. And all right, that's one point to women is as you're better looking and maybe you can keep your man around. But I think guys have plenty of, 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 of issues on their side or points on their side where they're going to, you know, run the power of that relationship. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a balance of that, like the balance of power. But he like when I read the email last night, I was like, he's right. I did kind of miss. The, I did miss this point. I, and I, I think really a point that all three of us have missed uh, by now is that. <clears throat> When you really get down to it, um, you know, I know you've brought up the fact of, or the opinion, I guess, of like, well, women are, are, are the superior sex. When you really get down to it, women, there's more dateable women in the world than there are guys, if you ask me. A vast majority, probably 75% of dudes, 
60 to 75 percent of dudes are terrible dude whether and that's when you include looks personality future drive all the things that you look for in a partner most dudes suck i think most chicks they're all right now there's of course what makes you say everything. that i just feel I'm like, just curious i just feel like there's more dateable women on the face of the planet than guys so i feel like women have to settle women have to like Could well I, i'm not going to get anything better than this do you think any of this i'm just asking the question do you think any of this is though that you're, I mean, you're in a relationship, but you're more aware of the women who are available to date. So you're thinking about them more because that's who you would date and you wouldn't date a man. So maybe you're not looking at it the same way a woman would. No, I think most dudes are creeps. I think most dudes. I would agree. I would, I, I think I would agree with that. I, I think most dudes. Um, let, I say it all the time. And dude, tonight's first Friday. So here, take this advice. Guys talk about sex with a woman they just met way too soon. Most dudes let their dongs trip them up. I think most dudes, yeah. most dudes aren't as funny as they think they are. I think most dudes have. I would agree with that too. I, I think most dudes have a, 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 a lax um, uh, regimen when it comes to their hygiene, when it comes to um, keeping themselves good looking, losing weight, being fashionable. Most dudes are just like, no, whatever, man. I'll just wear the jean shorts and I'll go out there. And How many I, different know. ways you're going to find to tell me I suck right now? <laughs> <laughs> just spit it out, dick. All these words. We don't need any of those. We'll be right back with more Stansbury Show. Hang on. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the suits with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here for the Wakeham Auto Family. It was about three, four months ago. I bought my new car from Wakeham and I absolutely love my purchase. And it's because they found me exactly what I was looking for. And right now, Wakeham Mitsubishi. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. I have taken a, uh, via Twitter, I have taken a... I, I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily call it a complaint about today's show, but an observation right. about today's show from a, from a dedicated listener. I know this guy listens every day. And he says, you, you used two breaks today to talk about LeBron, and you took one break to talk about the Browns, and not one time did you mention the team that's actually playing right now. And Rob, part of the reason why is when I read it, I went, I had to like stop and think to myself, who's hell is, oh, baseball. <laughs> like that's what I'll be honest with you. I kind of had to be, oh, oh yeah, that's right. Baseball. Because that's how most people are with baseball right now. You know, Corey Kluber went out, and I think it was 11 strikeouts last night or something That's like that. That's pretty impressive. Put together one hell of a game. Um, you know, earlier in the week, Austin Jackson made that incredible catch. Um we and talked about that. We did. and uh, But you really are just kind of falling into one of the pitfalls of baseball. And when you have Too a season, long. when you have a season that's 160 plus games, it is going to feel like no matter what you do, it's just not that exciting. It, there, there's no, no urgency in baseball. I watch sports shows all day. All of them, too. Every network, right? I kind of just, I'm a huge Dan Patrick fan. I like all this stuff. The amount of time that sports guys spend talking about baseball, I'd say it's about 5% of their show. So now you now when you average in the fact that we're not a sports show, we're just right. guys who like sports, then and this isn't a sports station, that that's kind of how I pick it. I try to pick things that move the needle, right? LeBron moves the needle. The Browns, no matter bad or good or whatever, yeah. people are passionate about them here. Yeah, and this week in particular, you can't go wrong. Football's back. Football. I mean, right. Yeah, it's, Football's it's now back this week. That's why. And I will admit, all right, as both those are two legitimate reasons as why, 
I'm just not as much of a baseball fan as I am basketball and or football. And so I try to talk about things that I am that that I think will interest you, but that I'm also interested in. Therefore, I kind of feel like I will have an idea of what it is I'm talking about. Oh yeah, if you're not going to bring a strong take, I don't know why you would bring it here. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, well, yeah, the Indians are doing pretty well right now. Isn't exactly uh, titillating radio there. But when I read his again, when I read his comment, I was like, okay. He's right about this a little bit that I do kind of like, I kind of back burner baseball on the program. I do. So I was like, well, I'm curious. I was like, I wonder what the Indians' TV ratings are right now. I was like, I'm very okay. curious to know. Um, I know last year attendance was a big issue for the Indians. I've heard that has improved, but I know last year television watching was up for the tribe. So I wonder what it's like this year. I'm reading from Cleveland.com now. And this story had been updated on the 11th of July, 2017, right? All right, within a month here. And they say Cleveland Indians TV ratings are on pace to be the highest that they have been since 2001. Wow. The club is averaging 7.52 household ratings on Sportstime Ohio per Nielsen data, an increase over 32% through 87 games last season. That's significant. Now, I would imagine that going to the World Series, still having a pretty good roster, kind of helped you do that. The Indians are on track to record their highest mark since 2001 when they drew a 9.9 household rating. Wow. I would assume the dysfunction of the Cleveland Browns, and this summer in particular, the uh, dysfunction of the Cleveland Cavaliers, also played into that. People are like, ah, I'm sick of the Browns. I'm sick of the Cavs. I oh, hate LeBron. There's LeBron fatigue yeah. for sure. Last season, the Indians registered their highest rating since 2005 and a 65% increase over their 2015 rating. See, so what I'll tell you here is good news for both baseball and the Cleveland Indians. This is now three years in a row now. You're starting to see we're growing, growing, growing. Now, I will tell you what I think this is part of. I think it's partially that the Indians, they do. They got a pretty good roster. Kluber's amazing. Kind of want to see that the whole thing kind of play out and watch him play and all that. I totally get it. But TV right now is so boring that all sport is competition it's live you kind of want to see it unfold you don't want to record it and fast forward through it you kind of want to see it in the moment so i think all sports are going to end up picking up rating because of how poor television is these days i think that's part of it that's fair that's fair you combine that and like i said a jaded northeast ohio sports fan and this is something that you can get behind i'm not surprised at all and honestly i i want to thank the cleveland indians regardless what happens in the next you know however many months are left of baseball between last year the year before and this year i've been more interested in baseball than i have me too in like my adult life i think and it it really does go to show like for the longest time, I was like, dude, I don't care about baseball. Baseball sucks. But now it's like, no, I watch games on a regular basis. I follow them on a, on a, on a, on a pretty regular basis. And like, it just goes to show you what's possible when your team turns things around, when you start to win, when you start to be invested. I don't think I'm like a homer or a, um, like a front runner. I don't think it's like, oh, well, now the Indians are good. I'll, I'll be a more, or I'll, I'll, I'll like them. Always, I feel that way. I've always liked them. Me it's too. It's just, I can't. Like with the Browns, like I can't invest all this time into a crap product. Give me something to be passionate about. Give me something to be excited about. And even if you don't win the World Series, I'll still be on board. You just have to give me something worth being on board with. Uh, a listener of ours, Dan Winger, was at the day game last Thursday, and uh, he's reporting to me there were 28,000 people there for a day game. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I know it's been a lot better than it was last year. That's pretty year. good. 
So, Rob, I will admit that I probably do a bad job of working the Indians and or baseball into the program. But I will tell you that it just doesn't seem to move the needle the way other things do. And what's the biggest story in baseball right now? Aaron Judge? Is that the biggest story in baseball? I mean, I can kind of tell you what the biggest story in football is. It's Colin Kaepernick. Whether he's playing or not, that's the biggest story in football right now. What's the biggest story in basketball right now? Kyrie and LeBron. And that's happening right here. The Indians, baseball's kind of on the back burner for most people, and the Indians aren't the most popular story inside of that on top of all of it. So you can make the argument that like LeBron and Kyrie, that's national news. Going to talk about that. The return of football is national news. I'm going to talk about that. And so I will admit I've done a I, I probably haven't done the the best job of working Indians into the content. And I'll and honestly the show like I always say the show's not mine the show's yours the show's for you. So if you guys want more baseball, I'll pay a little bit more attention to it. And I'll try to work baseball into it a little bit more. That's fair. You know, and I'll, uh, I'll 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 take a little side of my street here. I think an easy way to get that done would be to use some Indians highlights as rejoiners, which I did in years past, and I feel like I haven't done that enough recently over the past uh, couple of months. And you know what? I'll take some of that blame too, buddy. Don't take it all yourself. See, there you go. There you go. Jeez, Louise, man, we need a program director, don't we? This guy, hire him. Bring him in here. Talk to us. We'll do things. We'll talk a little bit more baseball. Corey Kluber was 11 strikeouts? That's right. I, I think it was, it was something obscene like that. Yeah. Wow, that is impressive. Five I didn't one see last the, night, tribe one. I didn't see the game last night. So, I do watch baseball here and there. I will admit I'm one of these people. Um, I find baseball to be really exciting there. On my couch, I can get sidetracked and be like, what's on TBS? A football game or a basketball game will hold my attention a little bit more than baseball. And I know what you're all thinking. Because you're dumb. You're that, stupid. Well, it's a smart man sport. You guys need to get off your hill on that. I can make the same argument about golf. But I know that's what you're going to say. You think baseball is boring on TV, but you'll watch guys hit a small little wipe all 200 yards. And yeah, it's to each their own, man. The different strokes for different folks there. You know what I mean? But again, although I probably do talk about golf. That's not necessarily national news. And it definitely doesn't move the needle that their TV ratings are. What's going on on the bridge zone right now, Stansberry? No, Tell me it. Jordan Spieth, what's he doing? I don't even know. I don't even have the thing pulled up. I don't know. We got into a conversation earlier about the Dukes of Hazard because Tom Wapat was uh, well arrested for sticking his finger in the butt crack of a woman. That's not a joke. That happened. And uh, Fantone asked the question, if I could have any car from TV or movie, which would I did? And we both gave our list, and listeners have been sending me theirs all day. And uh, Fantone and I missed a few easy ones. We'll give you those next as we close out the show on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry, Matt Fantone. Just kiss your friend, Pegs. The Stansberry Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes. On Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9 WRQK is conducting a test of the emergency alert system. This is only a test and should last seven seconds. Reason? By the way, guys, don't do it. Do not. It's first Friday tonight. Don't do, do that. Do not think that you are entitled just to grab a woman. I, I will never understand that. Have you never felt a butt before? Are you that desperate to touch a boob where you're like, you know what? I'm going to totally, totally victimize this woman by going up and groping her on ass. I, I mean, you think just because you were in the Dukes of Hazard and you were famous in the 1980s that you can just grab them by the vagina? 
Wait a second. I was going to say, yeah, he grabbed him. In the, he, dude, he grabbed her by the wrong part. Wait a second. You're allowed. Let me ask you this question before we get into this, like this car thing from TV and movies. Yeah. You know how like serial killers, they'll start by snapping the neck of a gerbil. Yeah. Like if a dude's in a bar tonight and he's just grabbing asses as they're walking by, is that him working his way up to being a rapist? Now, does it mean that you're going to turn into a rapist because you grab someone's boob? No. No. But is it a step on the ladder? I think so. It'd be part of that triad that would be part of that, I would think, right? I mean, if you, I feel, if you feel comfortable, you know, doing that, why wouldn't you feel comfortable doing something else? So, I was talking about my love of the General Lee because I grew up in the 80s, and like every other kid in the 80s, you were like, dude, I want the General Lee, right? And so then Fantone asked me the question... Like, if I could have any car from TV or movies, what would I have? And I forget, what were your picks? Uh, my number one pick is Kit from Knight Rider. Knight Rider. That's my, that's my winner. I and want I, Kit. I want to be able to talk to my car and Uber with him. So I had picked the three. Number, coming in at number three was the General Lee. Then I chose, like, a random Ferrari because there had been one in Miami Vice and both Magnum PI. So I was like, dude, give me the Ferrari and I'll take that. It's kind of an easy way out to get a car I would really like to have. And then I picked the Batmobile being number one. Now, people have asked me, which Batmobile? And I'm going to go original 60s Batman Batmobile. Yeah, you get your pick of the Batmobile. It's a, it's a, it's bigger than just one automobile, so you can get multiple, you know, Batmobiles. Good. I'm going to go with the original Batmobile. So then people started sending me in some of their, their choices. The Ecto-1 from Ghostbusters. Ah, that's a good one. I thought that was a very good pick. Uh, again, the Starsky and Hutch Grand Torino, I believe, is what that was. Um, Sean Miller tweets in the 1970 Dodge Challenger from Vanishing Point would be a good. Um, and then somebody said, "Do you?" William asked me, "Do either of you have the stones to drive Christine, the 1958 Ooh. Plymouth Fury?" It's a good choice. Nobody's uh, nobody's brought up a little uh, Smokey and the Bandit, that Firebird. I did hear one of those. Okay. Frank right. tweeted in and says the Winnebago from Spaceballs okay. is what he okay. would pick. That's a winner. I like it. A lot of people are offering up the suggestion of the family truckster from the vacation movies with the optional honky lips on the simulated wood grain paneling. <laughs> um, and the thing I'll say about that is like, no, because yes, it's an iconic car and like, but no, if I have the Batmobile or Clark Griswold's, dude, come on now. Megan says she wants the Mad Max's V8 Interceptor. That was a great car. That was a great car. Steven wants the A-Team van. And Dustin, yeah, uh, smoking the Bandits Pontiac Trans Am will always be my choice. My brother had that car. My brother really? had my yeah, my brother had a, a, a seventy nine Trans Am T tops the whole bit. Um, my brother had that car. Cars of that era, those cars, those Firebirds and those Monte Carlos and stuff, dude. Those were just such badass looking rides, dude. Yeah. They were just so freaking cool. My brother was so eighties. He had like the Brian Bosworth haircut, the Pontiac <laughs> Trans Am with the T tops out of it. Played high school football, and now he just sits around drinking beer, telling you about the. Glory days. That's my brother. That's who he is. So my buddy Alex is a is a like a car enthusiast. Okay, yeah. it's kind of like hot rods is kind of like what he does, and he's a big skateboarder. But he sent me the top ten movie muscle cars. This was like a list. Number ten came with the 1957 Ford Fairlane 500 from Thunder Road. That's a great car. Number nine was Bond's 1964 Aston Martin DB5 from Goldfinger. Pretty sweet car. I was going to say, we're kind of neglecting Bond movies. Yeah, we, we really did. Yeah, they had some sweet cars. 1966 Shelby 427 Cobra from the Gumball Rally movie. And here's one. This, is a, this, this, this was a sleeper. Number seven was the 1950 Mercury Monterey from Cobra, the Sylvester Stallone yeah. movie, 1986. That car was badass. 
Five was the Chevy Camaro from Transformers, Bumblebee. That's too new, and that wouldn't be me. Four was the Interceptor from Mad Max. Here's another one we missed. Eleanor, the 1967 Ford Mustang Shelby GT500 from Gone in 60 Seconds. That is a great car. I'm a Ford Mustang enthusiast. That's a great car. Two was the 1970 Dodge, uh, Dodge Challenger RT440 from Vanishing Point. And the number one top 10 movie muscle car was Bullet, the 1968 Ford Mustang GT390. That's a great pick. And uh, I apologize. This just came up on my notifications on my phone. I don't know who sent me this, but what about the truck from the fall guy? And this is going this is going real deep in the bag. I don't even remember what the car was, but remember that show Hardcastle and McCormick? That dude had a nice red sports car, and I can't remember what it was. We're missing out on the mystery machine. We're missing oh! out on the Flintstones mobile. Uh, I, okay, I, I, yeah, the mystery machine's cooler, but yeah. I mean, but as iconic cars, as iconic though, cars, yeah, you're right. Uh, Mario's cart from Mario Kart. If you could get one of those, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the original. Like, hey, this car came to life. Okay. All right. Partridge Family Bus. I dude, I want magic involved. I don't want just a cool car. I want like something where it's like, oh damn, look at you, you're Batman now. I want something more than just like a cool looking car. You like Kit? I do like Kit, a car that's alive, talking you know, to me. Kit's kind of nice, dude, because it can drive itself. It also comes with a with a semi that you just drive it in the back yep. of, and you just like your yep. feet up. You got like you got a command center in there. Yeah, Ken's right. David Hasselhoff right here. It's your boy. Tall and unhireable. You're <laughs> absolutely right. That's exactly what you are. Aside from that, we are done for the day. We'll be out for first Friday tonight downtown, so stop out and try to track one of us down, buy us a beer, vice versa maybe even. And we'll talk to you guys again Monday morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Have a fantastic Hall of Fame weekend. See you. Let's just